From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what happens when you get the snip snip of a vasectomy. And here's a quote from Catherine Pulsifer that talks a little bit about this when she says, life presents many choices. The choices we make determine our future. True. And it's true. You know, whether we're talking about, you know, permanent birth control or whether we're talking about how we're handling our finances, the choices that we make determine our future. And we're going to be talking about that in today's show. But first, we start each show with a hug, and a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family, someone whose marriage is undergoing, you know, crazy, amazing transformation. Yeah. And this hug comes from an iTunes review that we received that says, I have been married for three months and have already applied their advice to my marriage. Okay, just as a side note here, I love it when newlyweds start taking action in their marriage in the first three months. Yeah, isn't it awesome? That's so amazing. She goes on to say, as a result, we fixed minor speed bumps that could have turned into huge mountains. Wow. My favorite practical piece of advice has been the sex schedule. Pick Mm. days to initiate that you both agree upon and set ground rules. That little bit of advice has helped me and my husband navigate a doctor in healthcare with overnight work shifts. I'm excited to keep listening in the coming months. That's awesome. Good for you guys. I wish we had figured out a sex schedule, you know, in the first <laughs> three uh, months of marriage. I would have settled, you know, looking back, it could have been the first three years and that would have been a good thing. You know, it took us, exactly. a, what, 12 years to mm-hmm. get to that? Yeah. They're so much farther ahead than we are. That's awesome. Um, as Tony said at the top of the show, we're talking about the snip snip of a vasectomy. And interestingly enough, with over 500 shows here in, in the One Extraordinary Marriage show, we've never talked about permanent birth control, sterilization, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It hasn't come up, right. which is kind of an interesting thing because, you know, you do that many shows where you're talking about sex and relationships, you would think it would have. But we've recently had a number of messages come in um, asking us if we would do a show on it. And, and one message in particular asked if we had ever heard about a drop in libido for the husband after a vasectomy. And, you know, so we come to this realization, one, we've never talked about it. And two, what does this look like? Not just in terms of, you know, physically right after surgery but but what is this dynamic between husband and wife i think when you're saying that dynamic is what's the dynamic to getting to that point mm-hmm. of hey are you having a vasectomy or is it going to be a tubal ligation right and, and who's doing what and who's doing and what? why yep and the the, the those conversations mm-hmm. and i would even say sort of the um the fear that goes around maybe going under a knife on both parties, the like, is it just assumed that one or the other is doing this in a marriage because of what's gone on or, or just what society says? Right. Absolutely. And you know, it's an interesting thing because maybe this is not something that you've ever come to. You like, you haven't crossed that road in your marriage yet, or maybe you're like beyond the road and you know, you're like, we're so far down having kids. This does don't dismiss the show because you're not in that season mm-hmm. because chances are that, you know, someone or you will know someone that's going to need this show like yourself. Right. Or, or you just may know other people. Yeah. Well, I'm just you. saying if you haven't, haven't 
had to come down that road. You're maybe the earlier parts of your marriage. You haven't had kids yet, or maybe you've only had a couple and you want a couple more. Right. So a little bit of science because I actually did some research uh, on what this looks like, because I think it's important that we as husbands and wives actually know what's involved in these procedures instead of just like, well, you know, there's that thing out there called a vasectomy or it's a tubal and we don't really know the science behind that. So in a vasectomy, there's, they have what's called the no scalpel method. And a small puncture hole, I'm actually going to read this off of the site, is made on one side of the scrotum. And then the healthcare provider is going to find the vas deferens, hence vasectomy, because that's what gets cut, under the skin and pull it through the hole. It's then cut and a small section is removed and the ends are cauterized and put back into place. And it's generally performed under a local anesthetic. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. The vas deferens are the tubes that carry the sperm. And when the surgery is done, a man is still able to produce semen, but it no longer mixes with the sperm after 10 to 20 ejaculations or more or more that is not an instantaneous like you have surgery you're done having sperm come out of your semen all right so here's here's the thing that you guys got to understand with a vasectomy you do need to get cleared to make sure that you are no longer carrying sperm because if you're carrying sperm you can still get your wife pregnant we've all heard those stories we know of people in that realm where it's like, oh, I got a vasectomy, we're good to go, you know, or we got tested and we're, we're all clear and still had gotten pregnant. So just check, double check on that piece because you just don't want to get the surgery done to then have a kid because the whole prop, the whole procedure was so that you wouldn't get pregnant again. Right. Again, hey, God can do miracles. God does things all the time. There are a number of babies in the one family we know that happened as a result of, you know, a vasectomy not being complete or, you know, things growing back together. So it can happen. Right. It's just, hey, just have an understanding, though, of where you're at Mm -hmm. if you get that done for permanent birth control. Absolutely. Now, on the flip side, for her, tubal ligation is generally the procedure that is done for permanent sterilization. And during that process, which is um, done under general anesthetic, so completely out, the fallopian tubes are cut tight or blocked to permanently prevent pregnancy. And what happens in that is that the egg is prevented from traveling through the fallopian tubes into the uterus. So it can't be fertilized. And the procedure does not affect your menstrual cycle. And interestingly enough, this procedure can be done in conjunction with a cesarean section so that if you know that you're going to, that's the way you're going to be delivering your baby. Many times women who Mm. know that they're done having children will elect to just have it. And so it's all just done as one procedure. One procedure. Yeah. Now with that, with the tubal ligation, sterilization is immediate. Mm -hmm. Done and done. done. Now the recovery period is longer because it has been under general anesthesia. So you've got to like wait for the anesthesia. You know, if it's done laparoscopically, they've, you know, inflated your abdomen. And so you got to like wait for all the gases to dissipate and, you know, just recover from that. So there, there are a lot of different considerations, right? Just the, the science behind it, the, you know, recovery time, what that looks like, how long until you've got the all clear Mm -hmm. to, you know, and there are even considerations in just making the decision of, are we going to permanently put, you know, put permanent birth control in place Mm -hmm. because we heard from a lot of you, you know, as far as like what the biggest drawback has been. And for a lot of you, it was "Mm, not sure we were done having kids. Like I thought we were. Mm. And now that it's been done, 
kind of wish that we still had the option. Got it. Okay. So that is one of those considerations to take into place. And, you know, with either procedure, there's risks to any procedure, right? Can can we just like nothing is 100%, you know, walk in the park. There could be bleeding. There could be infection, specifically in vasectomy. Okay. For guys, there can be scar tissue. Okay. Right. Um, There were a couple of folks in the one family that mentioned uh, reported low testosterone. After And there are some studies out there, I went and did some research on this, that do mention that as a possible side effect. On men, lower testosterone after a vasectomy. Yes. Lower okay. sex drive, uh, pain in testicles, and men notice a difference in erections. Now, I've heard that. Now, not across the board. This is not happening. Like, I'm... Uh, this is not a general, like this happens to every guy. Let me disclaimer on that. And actually, let me back up. Tony and I are not medical doctors. Nope. We should have said this at the beginning of the show. We're not medical professionals. We're providing information. If you have questions about any of this, you need to go back to your medical provider and ask all of your questions. And I would even say too, we'll get into some of the costs here and check your insurance mm-hmm. for sure. Also, ask, get referrals. If you're going to go down either road, ask, get referrals. Some of these, a procedure like this, it means a lot. And you may want to get somebody who has five stars and you know, like 10 of your buddies who've gone through it and have had no issues whatsoever. So you may have to pay out of pocket, which means you may have to save a little bit to make that Mm -hmm. happen. But is that worth it to you? You know, when, when you look at both sides of it as, Hey, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And does that make sense? Well, it's like we shared years ago when, when I had my um, breast implants, Mm -hmm. you know, when I found out that my plastic surgeon was a championship, um, needle pointer, Mm -hmm. it was actually one of those things where I'm like, good, like no scars, right? Like I don't want to see scars. And and that was a consideration for me. I'm like, I want to know she's good with her hands. Mm Mm-hmm. Same thing for somebody that is performing this type of surgery. You want to know they're good with their hands. You want to know what their track record is. Um, Just a few possible risks if you have a tubal ligation. Um, You could end up potentially having an ectopic pregnancy, and that's a pregnancy that that, um, is in the fallopian tubes. Okay. And those are very dangerous for both mother and baby, and that usually requires additional surgery. There can be, because they're inside of you, there can be damage to internal organs. Um, and again, anytime you do any type of surgery, infection is a possibility. These are possible risks, folks. Just as an FYI, doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just having the knowledge and understanding of where you're at and what you may be walking into if you do either of these. Right. And, and, you know, we asked the one family, um, as we often do on Instagram, like, what does this look like in your world? And of those who have opted for permanent sterilization, 81% of the one family has opted for a vasectomy. Okay. Right. So that, you know, there were a number of different reasons why a lot of the ones that came out were cost. Um, it's an easier procedure for a guy than it is. And that has to do with like the anesthesia and the downtime and, um, which we talked about, which we talked about, you know, and I forgot to mention, you know, for a guy, it can be like roughly a 10 minute in office procedure. Okay. Uh, for a woman, it's about 30 minutes or so, but obviously you're under full anesthesia. So you've got the recovery and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Um, heard a lot of comments that said it was his turn. I carried the babies. This is only fair. Mm-hmm. That was a big reason. Uh, less invasive and the quicker recovery. Now, a little bit about Tony and Elisa. We are not in that 81%. We're not. We're not. Uh, four years ago, I chose, chose, 
It was, this was not a, like I was not carrying babies at the time. There was no C-section involved. I chose to have a tubal ligation when our kids were nine and 12. Yeah. And I will say the conversations we had around this were not just, this is what it is and we're done and we're going to move on. I remember us having numerous conversations around this choice and what does this look like for us? Really when it comes down to it, be it if you get a vasectomy or you go for a tubal ligation, it's what you guys choose to do and are in agreement with. I, I look at this almost like any other area of our marriages or any other area of our intimacies, right? When we're, when we're talking to our spouse, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And what works for us? And, and with that comes a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and I can tell you that there was a back and forth because I remember Elisa early on just going, well, I did carry the baby, so you go do it. And then we got to looking at like our insurance and we started looking at, okay, what does that look like with the vasectomy? What does it look like with the tubal ligation, the permanence of it? How quickly is that? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for us? And so we, we, got, we began this conversation And it wasn't a one and done. It was a, oh my gosh, did you see this? Oh, let's look at this. Let's talk about this a little bit more. What does this look like for us? Talk to some friends, talk to other, you know, medical providers. Mm -hmm. So it took us some time to get to that decision, to get to a place where it's like, okay, I'm taking Elisa to the doctor's office, making sure everything's cool with the doctor, and then we're moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting too, because, you know, the question a lot of times just starts with, are we done having kids? Right. Right. Is that where we are in this place in life? And, and like I said, our kids were nine and 12 and we were done having kids. We, like, we had we'd been in that situation. We were, we were way done having kids at this point in time. I remember just Elise and I looking at each other going, no, like we, we could not imagine ourselves at this point in our lives, waking up going, oh gosh, we have a newborn. And and that's that's just us. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously in stereo, that is us. And there's one thing I want to say here, you know, this idea of permanent sterilization also for a lot of folks does have a faith component to it. And so whatever the two of you decide that needs to also be measured against your belief system, right? Like don't, this isn't like Tony and Elisa are gospel. Mm -mm. This is a conversation that happens. It's a conversation. It's something that men and women all over, husbands and wives all over are thinking about. So let's bring this, let's bring it to the forefront, you know, because for a woman after the surgery, guess what? She is done, you know, like, like done and done. Like I've often joked over the last, you know, four or five years, um, that factory is closed and I knew it, right? I knew it. And so in that knowing, I was like, babe, like, no more condoms because that had been our form of birth control right. um, prior. Cause after having kids, I had some very, very extreme reactions to hormonal, hormonal birth control. And you tried a few, if I can recall. I just remember the one Thanksgiving that exactly. I had a new ring that I seriously thought I was going to die. I did. I was, I yeah. was so I, miserable and so like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening to my body. And I'm like, I'm done with hormones done and done. So we were in condoms for many years. For many years. And then I'm like, Why? which, which, you know, I, for myself, totally cool. And yet there's still this, this possibility that could something could happen. And in all honesty, after a while, 
condoms just don't feel well. They just don't feel good. Um, I didn't enjoy it. And, and so, but I was, Hey, I still, we were still doing the intimacy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We were still having sex twice a week, you know, and I was willing to be there because we both didn't want to get pregnant. Right. But when the conversation began to come up and we were really looking at this, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Right. And, you know, and so then we were, you know, also looking at that going, okay, well, if we do the vasectomy route, it can be anywhere from 10 to 20. And I actually think that's, that number is probably on the low side. I'm, again, I'm not a doctor, but okay. I feel that's low I'm like too. 10, 10 scares me. Like I hear the number 10. I'm like, Ooh, are they really all gone after 10? Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about the sperm is all gone. Yes. The sperm. And you know, if you look at what the, the statistical averages are, now I'm not talking about the one family. I'm not the one talking family about, is above average. Yes. But if you haven't jumped on board the intimacy lifestyle yet, um, which, you know, talks about scheduling sex episode 140, uh, most couples statistically speaking, so many reports out there are having sex about once a week, give so, or take. So do the numbers. So do the numbers. You're talking another 10 or 20 weeks. Like I have the surgery and I have to wait somewhere between like two and a half and five months to get the all clear that then we can go start having sex when I already had the surgery. Right. And, and for me, and make sure you're using, I cannot stress enough. Make sure you're using your condom or some sort of birth control during that time period. Yeah. You know, and, and, and guys, this was our story, right? I decided with input from Tony, you know, it, it was ultimately as with any of the surgeries that I've had, you know, whether it's, we're talking my breast implants, whether we're talking the tubal ligation, this was a decision that at the end of the day, we had the conversation together, but Tony was not saying you need to do this. Although I will tell you every time he sees a picture of what happens in a vasectomy, he does his whole thing where he's like, that makes my balls quiver. It does. It's just like, oh, (laughs) he's doing the face right now. I wish you could see him. Oh, but we know for so many of you, like that was, I mean, we heard from a lot of our summit partners just about how liberating that was, right? That when you step into this place of of the permanent birth control and you're past the season of wanting babies, that you're going to be in this place of freedom around your sexual intimacy. And ultimately, that's why we're having this this conversation. And we want to talk more about what that looks like and all of these considerations. But first, we want to share this week's sponsor, and that's One Live Events, the One Extraordinary Marriage Conference, because the one family is all about community. It is. Right? Whether you're sharing the daily quote on Instagram or you know, so many of you forward this show to your friends or you're, like I mentioned earlier, you're a summit partner in the position of the month club, you know that the one family matters. And and one of the things that all great families do is that they spend time together, Mm -hmm. right? They get together, they, they do things together, they laugh together, they cry together. And that's what happens at the one marriage conference. And we bring you the best of what Tony and I do, right? We bring you the strategies, the tips and the practical application. And we wrap it around a day where not only do you get to spend time with us, but your world expands because you get to spend time with and connect with those in the one family. You're going to walk away with the tools to make your marriage even more extraordinary. And this year's or 2020, The 2020 theme is dream again. And we've got some incredible things planned for these conferences. The 2020 calendar is filling up with dates. So be in the know of all of the live conferences. Go to oneliveevents.com. Don't miss out on spending time with the family. Go to oneliveevents.com. So here you are, you know, you're like, okay, Lisa, you know, Tony, you've, you've been tossing these two words around. You've been talking about, you know, permanent birth control. We've got to start with the question. Are we done having kids? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. You got to be truthful. 
right? Can, can I just tell you, don't just say what you think your spouse wants to hear. Mm. You got to be truthful if you are, if you're not like we got to be in that place where we're being fully transparent with our spouses because these are hard procedures to reverse. They can both be reversed. Mm -hmm. um, the tubal is much more challenging to reverse, but I did find out that the, it is actually possible. Okay. There are reversals to a vasectomy, uh, but a lot of times those reversals are not covered by insurance. Right. Right. And they're not always a hundred percent effective. Correct. So be done, be done before you do this because it, it's a, it's a big decision. Like, you know, you don't always get another chance, right? How soon do you want after your surgery, whether it's for him or for her, do you want to know that you don't have to worry? And that's a big one. I think that has to become under consideration after obviously that first question, are we done? And are we in agreement in that place? I think the, the question though, that I, I'd like for us to answer until we go to that next piece is what if we're not in agreement? Mm -hmm. What do we do then? Like, Hey, he's all for it. He's ready. He's good. He'd be more than happy to do the vasectomy. I'm not, I want to have another kid or maybe two. What do we do then? Well, that that's where you, nobody rushes to surgery, right? Like, you know, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, it's either one person's body or the other person's body. But this is one of those things where we have to be playing on the same team. Mm -hmm. And so what are those conversations that still need to happen? What prayer still needs to happen around this? What counsel do the two of you still need to have? Mm -hmm. Right? Because it, it's not just a, well, one wants it and one doesn't. So like surgery, I'm scheduling surgery tomorrow. It's what's going on. What are those conversations? And can we revisit it in six months? Right. We, you know, we can, we'll continue to use the birth control we're using and let's revisit it in six months. You know, for some of you, there may be health considerations that, you know, I know there are a lot of women like me who cannot do hormonal birth control. Th having permanent birth control may be the answer, mm -hmm. right? There are a lot of people that want to have the freedom to be able to have sex er like throughout the month, but because they don't want to get pregnant, they're like, yeah, there's that week around the ovulation. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, we, you've heard us say that's like for most people, the best week for a woman to have sex because she was wired to want to have sex during the week of ovulation. But if you're trying not to make a baby, then you might not have that week. I think the best thing you said here, and, and because this is an area where a lot of folks, I think, and couples in particular, it, it's sort of talked about, but it's not really talked about. So one thing that definitely I feel happens, you don't hear about this until after folks have the mm -hmm. surgery, right? And yet there can be a disconnect prior mm -hmm. to that. And don't, hesitate to go to a mentor, to go get coaching, to, it could be one coaching session with Elisa that allows you guys just to get on the same team and to move forward. And, and, and that may be all you need at that moment in time to just go, ah, oh, okay, this isn't a big burden on our shoulders anymore. We have some clarity and vision of what this is going to look like for our lives. Mm -hmm. And it could be in that one moment. And if you want to learn more about coaching with Elisa, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Another question, consideration that the two of you have to do is what are the financial implications of this decision? Mm -hmm. Right. Tony mentioned early in the show, check out your insurance, different insurance coverages cover different surgeries differently. Mm -hmm. And you got to know what that is because a vasectomy on average is, you know, between 800 to a thousand dollars. Tubal ligation can be between 6,000 and 8,000. And all of that is dependent also on what your insurance coverage is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're paying out of pocket, if you've got insurance, like what does that look like? 
And when we had, and when Elisa did hers, her tubal ligation, we we called the insurance company and we we asked. We're like, hey, this is what we're looking to do. They they shared with us the costs and everything, and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not a problem. The way it was presented to us at that time was that if she went and had that procedure, it was completely covered. And we're like, great. I mean, done. okay, that's, that's done. That's where we were. That's where we were leaning towards anyways. And with that, it makes it even better. Unfortunately, after the surgery, we began to get bills from the doctor, from the hospital, from the anesthesiologist. And we're like, what are all these bills coming in for? And going back and forth with our insurance company, there was a miscommunication, a misunderstanding, and all of a sudden we had bills to pay. So do make sure that you know your financial obligation. Mm -hmm. It was a very stressful time for us. We were we were still happy that we didn't have to worry about um, using condoms anymore. We were saving money on that, but it didn't really outweigh <laughs> the amount of money we were going to have to pay yeah. for the surgery. But we had to walk through that together mm -hmm. and we we made it work but do make sure that you fully understand what your financial obligation is and like I said earlier sometimes you may not even want to go through your insurance because you want a doctor that they're not even going to cover mm -hmm. so it may be all under your dime anyways and, and before anybody sends us an email and says how much did you guys pay it was about $2,500 total total that we ended up paying out of pocket Okay. For that. Well, so I'm, 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 just, I'm surprised you remember that. I, it, it was pretty significant when I thought it was going to be free and then it wasn't. But it was it, it, well, covered instead of free. But, but also we got it, we got it taken down because we went round and round with the insurance company and the hospital. And I'm like, what do you, what kind of discount are you going to give me if I bring you cash right, right. now? And, and we, so. we, we did work a deal with them because we were like, we were totally caught off guard. And, and we, we did, we worked a deal. We, we went up to them and said, Hey, if we pay you cash right now, what would that number be? And will you just write the rest off or, or not write the rest off, but we're, we're done. We're clear. And it was a $2,500. Side note, don't be afraid to ask your medical providers if they will give you a cash discount. A little bit of financial intimacy there. Many times to have cash in hand versus waiting for the billing, they will go ahead and do that. Yeah. So we, we, we got that money together. We found it and we made it happen. Uh, you know, another consideration, you know, obviously we've talked about, you know, costs and, and we mentioned re different recovery periods, uh, you know, throughout the show. One of the biggest considerations is what is this actual, what does this decision look like? Are you approaching it from, from a team decision? This is comprehensively what's best for us holistically. What's best for us as a marriage, or are you looking at it as a scorekeeping decision? Right. Ooh. And this, this may push a few buttons here, but society will tell you, and I can't, I can't tell you how many conversations I've been on the receiving end of where, when I mentioned that I have a tubal that people will be like, yeah, but, but why wasn't it Tony's turn? You know, well, mm -hmm. I mean, you carried the babies. Uh, well, well, yeah, but you know what? I wanted those babies mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed the making process of those babies. And he wanted those babies too. So this isn't, this is for me, it was never a, well, it's Tony's turn to do this. Well, one, one thing that we've learned over the years, and especially as our emotional intimacy has grown is that we're not keeping score. There is no scorekeeping here. It, it just isn't. 
this isn't Elisa against Tony and she has a hundred points and I have 90 and I got to get to a hundred points. So we're even now. And I think that's, that's something we may even want to have on a, in a future episode and just discussing that scorekeeping, mm-hmm. because that allows us really to make these decisions from a place of like, what's best for us, right. w- w- what's going to work for us, Tony and Elisa. And we go down that path, not ever thinking, and I don't anymore. I know earlier in our marriage, we, we did, we are definitely, we are definitely scorekeepers. Oh yeah. And, but now there's never an inkling in my mind going, well, Elisa did that. So I got to do this, or I did this. So Elisa needs to do that. And I think that's something we, we, we may want to even expand on it and discuss to help those in the one family to get to a place where they're not score score carding it you know what I mean absolutely and that's not to say like we heard from a number of husbands who said she carried the babies this was my turn right this was something that I could do that's very different than saying it's his turn mm-hmm. because one comes from a place of service mm-hmm. of saying you know what I saw my baby I saw my wife carry these children she did a lot she did all these things like this is the least I could do versus hey I did all this now you need to step up to the plate and do something and I'm not like, there is no judgment guys on who does what, like vasectomies too. It doesn't matter. Whatever's good at the end of the day, this is a conversation for you to, to have and to make a decision together. What we want to come and equip you with is what are those considerations and how do you get on the same team? Because this is never about, you know, pointing fingers at one another. It's always about walking hand in hand and making the decision that is going to be the absolute best one for your marriage. Yeah. Well, hopefully today we gave you guys a ton of insights on what it looks like to either go down the path of vasectomy or tubal ligation. Both of them work. Both of them are going to be a decision that you guys have to make more than anything. It's a, it's a conversation that happens in marriage. And what do we do here at One Extraordinary Marriages? Marriage to have extraordinary marriages, we have to go out and have the conversations as adults, as a team as a couple, a married couple who's making a decision on what we want to do with our birth control or even having or not having kids in the future. So hopefully you got something out of this, but more than anything, it's all about your emotional intimacy. So stick in there, talk about this. And if you need more, don't hesitate. Come to us. We're here for you guys. Love you guys. Can't wait to see you at an upcoming One Marriage Conference. Check it out at oneliveevents.com. We cannot wait to see you guys. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.